1: Hello and welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders, the program that makes people aware of the best leadership practices, leadership trends, and thoughts about leadership. I am Kimberly Lewis, and we are reaching out to you today from Dusseldorf, Germany, a rainy Dusseldorf, and our guest is in London, which is usually raining there too. So a good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you may be listening from. Leadership Beyond Borders is about the impact globalization is having on our organizations and what this impact is doing to the kind of leadership we need to drive long-term success in today's economy. So We've been on the air now two months, and we'd really love to hear from you about what you want to hear from us, what you want to hear on the broadcast, and who you want to hear. We're trying to bring you international guests from around the world with important topics that may impact your organization or your individual career. Our goal is to keep you up to date on new leadership trends, uh, new technology, the challenges leaderships face today, and the opportunities that await us. And that's what we're going to be talking today about, some of the opportunities that are ahead of us. Our last few weeks, we focused on different aspects of international business, and today we're going to focus on the future. Our goal with this program is to bring you leadership success stories that you can learn from, that can motivate you, that can stimulate new ideas, and possibly even be the key to your success. We also want to prepare you for the opportunities and challenges that you are not just facing today today but I will face tomorrow so when we invite you to connect with us send us your thoughts and insights at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com join our facebook page at leadership beyond borders or our linkedin group at leadership beyond borders and download us on itunes Uh, subscribe to this series If you're in a leadership position, aspire to be in one regardless if your business is international or local, make sure you join us each week and we will make sure you take away something useful either for you or your business. So this week, what are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about artificial intelligence and artificial intelligence is changing everything and you're going to hear me refer to that as AI during this broadcast. It is changing not just our personal lives, but also it will change the future of work. We already see it being used in internet searches, customer targeting, human resources, and many other areas. It is merging our personal lives and our business lives as devices learn more about us, and location-based intelligence always knows where we are and what we're doing. As Dan Keldson said in our previous interview, this new technology is part of the new generation Z, And it is pushing us all into the future and making us all part of Generation Z. And while this is happening, it is changing the future of business. We as leaders may be aware of many of the opportunities AI brings, but we want to talk about some of those opportunities today with an expert. In 2014, a Pew Research study revealed that 48% of the respondents they talked to And posed certain questions, believe that robots and digital agents will displace a significant number of blue collar and white collar workers by 2025. So I posed the question what are we leaders going to do about this? Are we going to be leading robots? Is machine learning going to take over a lot of the tasks we're doing? What will happen to our employees? And eventually, what will happen to the way we have to lead? Today, we're going to talk about this and more. And today's guest thinks more about the future than he does today because he's a futurist, future expert. Rohit Talva is an award-winning global futurist, entrepreneur, and specialist advisor on business transformation disruptive strategies, and radical innovation. He was nominated as one of the top 10 global future thinkers by the UK independent newspaper, and he comments regularly on the future and innovation for global news media ne- and media networks. Rohit is a widely published author. He is the initiator, editor, and a lead author for the book The Future of Business, which was published in June 2015. This book brings together the work of 62 future thinkers from around the world to explore the forces shaping our world and highlight the implications for business. He is also a major contributor to the forthcoming U.S. feature film and documentary on the concept of creating a new country. He has an MBA from the London Business School and delivers regular keynote speeches, and I was very, very lucky to see one of those, Rohit, uh, in London, and it was absolutely fantastic. He does a lot of keynote speeches to leadership audiences around the world. He focuses on helping us make a sense of the constantly changing reality in a hyper-connected world, offering critical insights onto how we should respond to the forces and the ideas is shaping our future. So welcome to the show and is it raining in London?
2: Um, we've got a very fortunate afternoon actually. It's just oh. mild out there although there's a little thread of rain in the background. Okay. Like the terrace.
1: Yeah well it's, it's pouring it's pouring cats and dogs here in Dusseldorf. So um, thank you for taking the time to be on the show. As My I said pleasure. I've Yeah, I was really lucky to to, um, hear a presentation from you in March in London, and it was fantastic. So I'd I'd like to start out a little bit simple because we have all kinds of listeners from all over the world. And the first thing, for those people who are not really familiar with what AI is um, or artificial intelligence, can you just give our listeners a a kind of a high-level explanation and a few examples?
2: Sure. So the baseline is that artificial intelligence is about creating computer software that mimics the way the brain works. So how we learn, how we think, and that can replicate then some of the things the brain does, like recognizing language, uh, like interpreting pictures and information, like reasoning, logic, intuition. All the things that the human brain can do is what artificial artificial intelligence sets out to do. And it's really progressed quite rapidly in the last few years because of uh, faster computing, big data, and some more sophisticated algorithms to do what's called machine learning, which is the underlying software that tries to mimic how the brain works, particularly the sort of neural networks in our brain, how we go about forming information in the brain and updating it as new information comes in. And so that's where all the excitement is that we're getting better and better at that. And the kind of applications we're seeing um, range from the really boring ones that we don't see. So all the things that manage what goes on inside your phone, uh, things that help you do internet searches, things that fly uh, um, the autopilot on a plane, they're all using artificial intelligence. More recently, we've started to see some very quite dramatic applications. Uh, So, for example, one of the banks has saved 176,000 hours of legal work by using AI to look at how lawyers have in the past treated various types of matter, you know, cases and contracts, and then predicting based on that what's going to happen to the next one and doing it with a very accurate degree so that it doesn't need to use humans. Uh, We've seen BlackRock, the world's biggest asset management company, saying that it's starting to replace human fund managers with artificial intelligence software that's looking at all the data and making decisions about what to invest in and what to sell. In healthcare, um, there are a variety of applications. The most famous one at the moment is from IBM Watson, where they're outperforming cancer doctors in diagnosing patients because the system can access so much information in terms of both comparing the current patient's data to past patients, but also looking at research studies to be able to come up with a very accurate diagnosis. So the spread is incredible. On the horizon, we have driverless vehicles, which are basically a very large artificial intelligence installation moving us around the streets, Um, more and more intelligent assistants on our mobile phones guiding us, Managing our lives for us, and generally, we'll see artificial intelligence get embedded in every aspect of our lives and and our work
1: so when i when I hear that, I, I have a little thought in my mind because I'm thinking about how things are changing and how they're changing so rapidly. So if I think back you know a hundred years um, when we had a lot of craftsmen and then the craftsmen were were uh, replaced by assembly lines, I'm kind of making a parallel to that. so, so today um, we have we have uh, computers and we have um, some. We had some basic AI, and then it's just advancing and advancing. And as it advances, it'll be changing some of the things we do. Is that correct?
2: Yeah, I mean, often people call this the fourth industrial revolution. Um, the issue, I think, is that in business over the last twenty years, whilst we've put more technology in. We haven't really got smarter in how we use it so an awful lot of people spend their time doing what you might call dishwashing tasks routine tasks routine administration searching for information sending out virtually the same email on a continuous basis a lot of things that even professionals are doing is not adding great amounts of value and and that's where we think that ai could come in and really. Take away those tasks, whether you're a lawyer, an engineer, or a, a checkout assistant, AI could really move in and be used in very clever ways. Um, sorry, I mean checkout assistant. I make calls. Yeah. Sense. Um, yeah. uh, then it frees up our time, and that's the really interesting thing that AI still can't do the things that we really identify as being human. So, planning, reasoning, solving problems. Uh, negotiating with other people, interacting with other humans in a way that shows empathy for them, Uh, coming up with new products and services, looking at changes in the marketplace and responding to them, looking at regulation and responding to it. AI isn't really there yet. So those are the, the roles where we need human intelligence, human creativity, human ingenuity, and humans' capacity to interact so, there's a real opportunity here to use AI to leverage people to make our organizations even better and to unleash human potential
1: mm-hmm. I, I like that uh, fourth industrial revolution because when I think about you you mentioned call centers, um, we've automated those okay We went from somebody answering the phone to then uh, an automated uh, message until somebody you know asking for something else and then it's pretty much automated but it hasn't really gone beyond gone into what I would consider um, artificial intelligence so as we go forward we're taking artificial intelligence is just that it's that next step is that correct
2: today it's that next step it's Mm -hmm. it's taking the things that we do routinely so the answers that a call center assistant would give If we could look at hundreds of thousands of responses, we could start to predict what the answer would be, and then the system is increasingly being used as a chatbot to answer those queries, and only the most complex ones are going to the human Mm assistance. But going forward, uh, there is this notion of superintelligence. So today, uh, we have what's called narrow AI, where we're getting good at doing things as well as humans or better than humans in a specific domain, as we mentioned, cancer diagnosis or drafting a legal contract, answering a chat query. But no AI today can actually do all of those things. But the next leap is to get to what's called artificial general intelligence, where we develop technology that is almost as smart as us or as smart as us across a range of activity. And then the step after that is what some people are calling super where the AI gets so smart that it moves beyond us. And that's the kind of realm of Hollywood movies. So Mm if you've seen her, Transcendent Man, all these other films, uh, they are kind of pointing to that future where the technology just becomes smarter than us. That's the unknown. None of us really know how this is gonna play out, um, how far it will go, how quickly it will go, how human decision makers will react when faced with putting more technology into their business Uh, versus keeping more people, you know, we don't know yet that we're at such an early stage that uh, it's really difficult to map out the future. You can look at different scenarios, but anyone who tries to predict it and anyone who bases their decisions on a prediction, um, you know, are in in trouble because they'll be wrong. You know, we know right now that any prediction about AI will be wrong. Mm-hmm.
1: So we talked. You said you mentioned IBM Watson and, and you mentioned some uh, some other uh, the legal industry with um, what they're doing. When we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, I'd really like to talk about you know what industries you think will be affected first, and is it mostly um, in enterprise companies where the, this is being put into to work? So we're going to take a little ba- break, and to our listeners, we're talking to Rohit. Talva and he is the CEO of Fast Future Research based in London, and if you have any questions for him, you can contact him at Rohit, and that is spelled R-O-H-I-T at fastfuture.com, or you can look at him on LinkedIn at Talva or Twitter at Fast Future, and uh, please visit his Uh, website at fastfuturepublishing.com. This is Kimberly Lewis, CEO and leadership and cultural diversity coach. You can contact me at Leadership Beyond Borders at Gmail or on LinkedIn at Leadership Beyond Borders. So we're going to come take a short break and when we come back, we're going to talk about the industries AI is affecting.
3: Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Each week, Larry Sternberg joins Dr. Kim Turnage to explore management issues from culture to discipline in Managing to Make a Difference. Join Talent Plus for 60 minutes of dynamic conversation, including real life management examples, helping you manage teams across the globe. This series airs on Voice America, the business channel, Thursdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. Managing to make a difference every Thursday afternoon with Larry Sternberg and Dr. Kim Turnage. Higher education faces lots of changes. If you are a student, educator, or in the workforce, You'll want to tune into Big Beacon Radio, Transforming Higher Education. Your host, Dave Goldberg, and his guests will explore the innovations that higher education adopts as it reinvents itself. The world of higher education is constantly changing. Stay on top and stay ahead of the rest. Big Beacon Radio, Transforming Higher Education. Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. It's time to take charge of your own career path. But how do you get started? business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network
0: you are listening to leadership beyond borders do you have a question or comment about our show please send an email to leadership beyond borders at gmail.com again that's leadership beyond borders at gmail.com
1: now back to this week's program Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders, the Voice America's new site exciting business series on the Business Network. I am your host, Kimberly Lewis, seasoned executive, leadership and diversity expert. And today we're talking with Rohit Talva, CEO of Fast Future Research. And we're talking about artificial intelligence and the changes that will bring to us and to the to our economy and to businesses that we work on in the future. So, Rohit, I'd like to talk about where where do you think where is it going to be the first and the biggest impact that we're going to see? I mean, we're seeing some impact already. Um, if you're to you know let us know what you're seeing now and maybe what we see might see in a year or
2: two. We're seeing a lot of. Uh people working on development within, sort of industrial manufacturing, so scheduling of manufacturing, scheduling of logistics, that kind of thing. It's moving very fast. Automated vehicles moving into mining. So if you go to a mine today, a lot of the trucks are driverless. Uh, We will see driverless vehicles coming onto the road in the next couple of years in places like China. And then in the workplace, um, banking is an obvious one. Mm -hmm. An awful lot of people doing information processing tasks where they're doing the same thing every single day to create reports or respond to customer queries or open accounts. I think we'll see uh, a very rapid acceleration of the penetration of AI into financial services. You're seeing it a lot on websites now where you're seeing tools that make recommendations to you and give advice to you. And I think what we'll see is that coming into the retail environment. So we'll see AI supporting the physical retail assistant to make suggestions to you, either based on what you're wearing or what your friends are buying. And uh, the most obvious one that we'll see as individuals is in our mobile phones. We'll start to see the next generation of the voice response systems that you have today, like Siri, where they'll get smarter and smarter. They'll learn our behavior We'll be ha- they'll be able to advise us. So, for example, if we're getting a little angry on a call, they'll be able to advise us to calm down or take a break. Uh, they might even suggest forms of words that we've used in the past that seem to make progress in a call. Uh, they'll screen calls coming in. They'll filter information so that we only get what we really need. We'll start to have the smartest possible intelligent personal assistant in our phones. Uh, think about Jarvis in Iron Man. Mm -hmm. That that kind of model, looking after our lives. And I think you'll see it in legal, an awful lot of the routine work in drafting contracts, in analysing information in a due diligence deal, in making submissions to courts. AI will just seep into all of those things. And anywhere where you've got bright people doing relatively uh, intelligence-led work, i.e. where they're having to think, Uh, But they're applying, you know, past experience. I think you'll see AI creeping in more and more. Uh, Insurance companies are already replacing humans with uh, AI to do things like claims processing and mortgage processing in financial services. So I think we just see that coming in any of the big industries that there isn't a single industry where AI won't have an impact. You're already seeing people playing with it, with fashion design, with restaurants in China where, The robots plan the meals or the AI plans the meals. The robots cook the food. They take your order. They serve it. They clear the plates. It's an entirely automated restaurant. We have automated hotels now. So I think that literally any walk of life, you'll be able to find applications where AI robotics will be coming into those workplaces and performing 24-7 in a way that humans can't.
1: Mm-hmm. So, let's break down that down for a minute. So the one area would be these the mundane tasks that that we do over and over again, really part of the workflow, okay Um, that AI is going to come in and take 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 over part of that workflow. Now, if I'm looking at that workflow, is this how, how how's that going to work, okay? Is that going to be? Are humans not going to be part of that workflow, or is it the 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 AI is going to be taking over what the humans do, or are the humans trying to tell the AI what's what what to do in the workflow? Um, and me as a leader, what should I do about that? Should I should I look at workflows in my company and say maybe where can AI help me?
2: So. All the options that you suggested, the answer is yes. Okay. The AI isn't going to walk up to the door, knock on the door and say, hey, I'm here to replace your claims processing team. Yeah. Yeah. These are choices humans will make. Mm-hmm. So in some cases, they'll say, okay, we want to cut our costs of doing claims processing. Let's, let's adopt a machine learning solution here. Let's train it based on the knowledge of the people who do the cases today. Let's look at all the different types of cases train it based on that and then watch it make decisions with trial cases if it gets them wrong then we nudge it to the right direction and when it's working as well as a human or better then we put it online and then we gradually ease out the humans and either give them other roles or we um you know we release them back into the community in other areas so for example in a lawyer uh, lawyers today really struggle with looking at all the information they need to look at in a in a dispute between two parties. You can easily have a million documents to search, um, you know if it's a big construction dispute or something. So it's very hard for them to do the what's called the discovery, to go through all that information and find the critical pieces of data, the the smoking guns, if you like. So what AI can do is if you train it with the right phrases that you're looking for, the right information, the right patterns of words, it can scan everything much faster and then pick out the subset that humans then need to look at. So you might save some time for a paralegal. You'd certainly save time for junior lawyers and you'd save some of the kind of senior lawyers time. And they can then focus on interpreting what's come up and advising the client accordingly and developing, if you like, the trial strategy if the case is going to trial. So AI can be used at one end to completely replace humans. You know, we're seeing now completely automated coffee kiosks and um, baristas and bartenders through to the other end where we're using tools to support doctors. So even IBM's Watson being used in cancer is not replacing those doctors, it's supporting them. And it's allowing them to look at far more information than they could have done in the past which lets them come up with a better diagnosis. And then they're going on to determine the right course of treatment so they can spend more time with the, cu- with the patient. So in that area, the aim isn't really to get rid of the doctor, it's to supplement them with tools that allow them to, to put more time in front of the patient and less time searching for information. So we have that spectrum. But there, there will be inevitably uh, significant job losses in some places. In others, the technology will support people. In others, we'll see the emergence of new industries. So the whole autonomous car industry will will create jobs. None of us really know what the job impact will be. On the one hand, you have um, people like the OECD saying that by 2020, for every new job that's created, uh, three and a half jobs will disappear. Other people saying 50% of current jobs might disappear in the next 10 years. Others saying 50% of more jobs will be created. We have no clue because we're right at the beginning. We don't know how the human decision makers are going to respond in each organization. We don't know how quickly the new industries will come through. We don't know how you and I will spend our money and whether we'll decide to save a lot more or whether we'll spend you know, as happily as we do today. And therefore there'll be demand for the products and services being produced by the new companies. So we're, we're at a very interesting point in history where governments are actually being forced to think ahead and say, well, what would we do if 50% of the workforce lost their jobs in the next 10 years? How would we start to prepare for that now, whether it's the mental health impact, whether it's giving them the skills to learn new jobs, whether it's the support to create their own businesses, Whether it's using our education facilities in schools, colleges and universities, more using them 24-7 so people can go in and learn. Whether it's starting to think about things like a universal guaranteed income to pay people some money if they've been displaced by technology so that they can still buy the things being produced by technology.
1: So is this is this mostly as it is this cascading down? Because when when we're talking about this and we're talking about IBM Watson and we're talking um some of these changes in the legal, it's it seems like it costs a lot of money. So it and is this happening mostly at the enterprise level right now, these first changes? And and will it trickle down to the local business?
2: The thing about enterprise is that there can be an awful lot of human factors that get in the way of of moving quickly on this. So whilst every self-respecting company will say it's doing something with AI, um, what we're seeing is that the fastest rate of take-up is in small firms because these tools are being made available on the internet. You can do customized marketing campaigns now for just $99 uh, that, that understand how to phrase marketing messages to best reach your customer. You can use, you know, add-ons into, you know, sales management tools, uh, enterprise management tools. You can do all the things that big companies can do at a very low cost on the internet. Mm -hmm. Um, The likes of Google and Amazon and and Microsoft are making more and more tools available to everyone uh, as a service on the internet so that there's no barrier now to a small company going in there and starting to use AI for clever applications.
1: So, yeah, so for our listeners, there just a little bit. Um, I do, I'm familiar with quite a bit of the open source AI. Um, just could you just give us a couple examples of that? You know, Google, for example, um, what can I access as a small business?
2: So, there's a range of tools that these guys are making available now for you to, for example search all your documents that you can download from the web that that allow you to search all the documents you have on your servers and find key information really fast um, that allow you to create customized marketing programs on the web. So you upload your customer database, any history you have about them, and then they'll help you experiment. So you might have, say, 10,000 customers They'll help you experiment with, you know, a thousand different emails with uh, slight variations in each one, going to those 10,000 to see which trigger words generate the most response. Um, We're seeing tools now that help people create their website in an almost automated way on the web. You look at tools like Grid, that's an, an automated website builder for you, bringing AI to the web. So every aspect of what we do in our businesses Uh, There are AI tools now coming up from uh, the likes of these big players to let us do this, the sales order processing, sales order management. So being able to draw lots more information from our invoicing about who pays, when they pay, when's the best time of month to send out invoices to certain clients in order to get them to respond fastest. What's the best wording to use in the invoice to get people to respond fastest? And this is all just available to us on the web quite often the underlying platform isn't visible so we don't don't even know that it's IBM Watson or uh, Google or Amazon Web Services because another company has built an application using their tools so we're just working with the company that's got the tools you're seeing uh, lots of very clever tax tools emerging that allow you to submit your tax returns but then start to tell you clever things like uh, actually you're a plumber and you should be claiming more for uh, wear and tear because compared to the other plumbers in your area, you're only you know, claiming 3% of revenue for wear and tear, whereas the average for your sector is 7% and the, the highest is 22%. So you can start to think about how you manage yourself far better using these tools because they're being, uh, they're analyzing the information across a whole set of players, not just yourself.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. So th- thank you, Rohit. That's really interesting. And we're going to take a small break here. And when we come back, I, I'd like to talk a little bit more about the, we we're talking um, about the predictive, the predictive behavior of AI, okay, and and how I can use that more in a marketing sense. And I'd also like to come back a little bit to the mix of the the human, the workflow, you know, what AI is gonna take over and what the humans are gonna do and, and, and how what are the humans gonna feel about this? I mean, if you're in a company that has ten floors of um, AI and three floors of people doing other tasks, you know, what is what might that look like in the future? So for our listeners, we're talking to Rohit Talver. CEO of Fast Future Research in London. Um, Rohit is a futurist. And if you'd like to reach out to him with questions, please reach out to him at rohit at fastfuture.com or you can visit his LinkedIn at Talva um, or you can visit him at Twitter at Fast Future. And please go to his website. And uh, Rohit, you have some great uh, blogging that goes on I know that I've read quite a bit and it's really really interesting so I urge I urge our listeners to go to fastfuturepublishing.com and check it out and check some of the blogs that you've written and some of the informational articles you've written they're fantastic so I'm Kimberly Lewis CEO and leadership and cultural diversity uh, coach and you can contact me with questions and comments at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com Join our LinkedIn group at Leadership Beyond Borders or go to my website, leadershipbeyondborders.net or globalbusinesstherapy.com. And we'll be right back after the break.
3: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice america.
0: Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. How is your work-life balance? In most businesses, no matter where you are positioned, there is always room for improvement. If you're an executive, learn insight about your business. Are you an employee? Learn how to better work with your team. Even if you're not in business, you can learn where your strengths and weaknesses can be played to their best potential. The Work-Life Balance with host Rick Morris can be heard live every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel.
3: What is the forum? It's an engaged discussion with the forward-thinking experts in today's business world. Hosted by Sima Vasa, an entrepreneur and thought leader. This is a place where you can come to talk, ask, and trust. We're not looking to sell you anything, but we are here to tell you the truth. If you want to hear about honest perspectives and winning success stories, listen for The Forum, live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel.
1: Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders, the Voice America's exciting new series on the Business Network. I am your host, Kimberly Lewis, a seasoned executive leadership and diversity expert. And today we are talking with Rohit Talvar, CEO of Fast Future Research in London. And we're talking about artificial intelligence and how that's going to change the future of business. So before the break, we were talking a little bit about what small businesses um, you know, that it's accessible to, to almost everybody right now online and I'd like to talk a little bit. You're talking about marketing. I'd like to talk about the predictive um, behaviors of AI, because I think those are really, really interesting On trying to, to in the marketing aspect and how you can predict what customers will do or what they might eat. Could you talk a little bit about
2: that? Absolutely. So what we're moving into is an era where we can gather all the data about what our customers do, but also... Um, what triggers their buying behavior. So for example, there are more and more tools emerging now, online tools, that have databases of up to a million words that they know how people respond to, and they break them down into uh, what we might consider emotional words, things that describe what it is we're offering, and then the words that actually are the sort of formatting words that hold sentences together. And then we can say, well, what are we trying to do in our marketplace? And using their smart tools, they'll, the tool will predict what the right combination of emotional, uh, um, descriptive and formatting components you need in the sentence. And so, um, uh, Caesars uh, Casino in the States used this. Uh, their example is one that's cited a lot. They found that their open rate for emails on marketing went up 19% from 19% to 30% because of this more predictive element of, of working out who to, to market to. And they found that the click-through rate was up 46%. And between their best and worst performing email messages, there was an 800% difference in terms of, you know, what the responses were. And we're seeing this now in all sorts of areas. So there's a, there's, there's a bunch of tools as well that you can say what you you know, your customer market is, what your target market is. And they'll, uh, and you talk about the characteristics of the people who tend to buy for you. And then they'll literally go and mine the information for millions of companies across different websites, different company profiling sites, uh, look at hiring trends, look at the technologies they're using, look at how they market and what they buy and then they'll come back and say, here's a thing. here's a profile, almost like a DNA fingerprint of that, these companies, and these are the ones that we predict are going to be the most responsive to what you have to offer. So that's an incredible power tool for anyone of any size to be able to tap into. So we're going to see more and more of these tools that you do more and more sophisticated analysis of who your customers are, the information about potential customers out there, and then helping find the right way of communicating to those potential customers to get them to buy, and the right way of getting to existing customers to get them to buy more. Mm-hmm. And so that's why a lot of people have got very excited in the sales and marketing arena But about the potential of what AI has to offer. That's not replacing your sales force. That's giving you a power tool to make much better use of your sales force when they go out and talk to the marketplace.
1: Mm-hmm. So, that that's quite interesting because I heard it's really interesting. I'm glad you said that it doesn't replace your sales force because I heard um, in a discussion I was having with a few futurists and somebody asked, um, you know, is is AI actually making us dumb? Okay. Um, is it is it so smart that we're getting getting a little bit lazy and, and but what i'm hearing from you is it's actually quite the opposite what it's doing is is giving us more information where we can actually target and make better, better decisions what do you think about that sta- statement is smart intelligence making us dumb
2: <laughs> it's a difficult one i mean on the one <laughs> hand though no, it's making us smarter because it's so we have to train people to use the technology we have to train people to understand its potential otherwise what happens is people try and recreate their old systems using the new technology. And they, you know, it's, you know, it's a bit like buying uh, you know, an industrial harvesting machine to mow your lawn, <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> a stupid thing to do. Yeah. Uh, but um, you have to, people have to be equipped to make smart decisions and do, do smarter things with the technology. In which case, I think it helps make us smarter. But there is a tendency for us to sort of abdicate to the machine. Mm -hmm. Our sat-nav told us to go that way, so we'll go that way. Uh, You know, we don't bother learning languages because Google Translate can do a good job for us. There is a risk that the smarter our personal assistants get, the dumber we'll become. And there is a real concern that in schools, kids will just say, well, I don't need to know any of that. You know daughter of Siri will sort all this out for me. Mm-hmm. So that is a concern, but I, I think if if we're again proactive as as uh, governors governments and businesses and make sure we're really training people in the skills they need for the future, problem solving, creative thinking, scenario thinking, uh, design thinking, then actually we're going to have a very well equipped and very intelligent uh, workforce and hopefully we'll also be able to help the people who are in the workplace today who might get displaced by the technology to help them acquire new skills and make sure we up their kind of iq and their capacity to to function in a range of different environments
1: and there's a when you talk about replacement and helping people function in different environments there's there's quite a big emphasis today on on things such as the trusted executives and values in in companies. And when I talk about values or the trusted executive, and then I talk about AI, it doesn't always seem to pass together. Do you know how, do you have any ideas on how we may that make that work together. You know, one thing was saying trust us we're executives, we our company has values and then the other on the other hand we're bringing in um, artificial intelligence to do jobs. It's kind of seems like it's a little bit of a conflict. Do you have any thoughts on that?
2: I think organizations have to be really honest with their workforce and say so, why are we doing this? What's our goal? Um, Executives need to up their game, need to up their understanding of these technologies and how they're going to impact the workplace and the new business models they make available, the new mindsets required to really win with them, Uh, and do that across the workforce. And then have open conversations that say, yeah, some jobs will go, uh, others will be created, but we're going to support those who might be disrupted by giving them the skills to go and start their own job or giving them the skills that will enable them to find the next job. And we're really going to support people through the transition, not just upload them. Mm-hmm. I think if we have an unthinking approach where corporates just offload people, then there'll be a backlash and people will yeah. start to boycott the products and services from the, the most insensitive companies. Whereas the ones who do this in a sensitive manner could find themselves becoming darling brands on social media where everyone says, hey, this is a great company, they're using technology well, they're supporting their people who are in the workplace and they're also supporting their people who are moving on. And so I think you'll see that whole spectrum.
1: I agree. I agree with you very much on that, um, because we have to be clear with the employees and tell them where the future is. and And they're not stupid. Okay, they know themselves, so they they see the changes. They use AI at home. They know where everything's going. So, um, being transparent is is really the only way to go. So, Rohit, as we get towards the end of this uh, show today, I'd like to ask you for. Some tips, okay, first um, uh, you know, we have a lot of leaders listening and if you're a leader of a, a larger enterprise company right now, what would you, what would your tips to them be about AI and how they should be looking at it and how should they should be thinking about the future of their business?
2: Well, first I'll save you the first million dollars by saying don't commission a report on art to ask what AI I can make <laughs> for your registry because there's either gonna be two answers. Um, The best possible answer you can hope for is that they come back saying, we don't know, because (laughs) the scenarios are so uncertain. Uh, So I've just saved you a million dollars. The worst possible case is that some idiot consultant gives you an answer and says it will grow your industry by 16% a year every year for the next 22 years. In which case, you know, you shred it, you perforate it, and it becomes toilet paper um, because it's (laughs) completely useless. (laughs) So that, that's the first thing I wouldn't do. I would get on. Uh, I would stop hanging around the edge of the dance floor uh, and go and learn, a, you know, go and apply it in somewhere really important. Don't do something trivial like scheduling meeting rooms. Find a serious application that is an important part of your business. Maybe it's sales planning. Maybe it's how we do workplace scheduling for um, uh, manufacturing scheduling, whatever it is. Let's put it into an area where it counts, where, you know, we see as being really critical to our business. Let's go in and try and apply it somewhere. Uh, And people always say, no, do something smaller first. Well, that's fine. But if you're going to do it smaller, then do it fast. But if you really want to get to know what AI means, take an important application. You'll learn about the tools. You'll learn about how people respond to that. And you'll learn about how you have to change your working practices to then incorporate AI to create business value. Mm-hmm.
1: And what about the small business owner? Okay. There's somebody who maybe has just uh, a shop, local shop or local coffee shop. And who knows? What about the smaller businesses? What would be the tips you'd give to them?
2: So there you've just got to think about what's the most important thing for your business. If it's a coffee shop, you know, is it getting customers or is your issue about ordering and supplies or whatever? Think about what's your most important issue and then spend a little bit of time searching on the internet for what people are doing with uh, AI in order fulfillment for small small retailers or AI in marketing for small uh, food and beverage organizations. Whatever it is, just, you know, be quite specific and you will find examples of what people are doing that you can look at, you can find who the tool vendors are, what the services are on the internet. I would say if you gave yourself permission to spend an hour searching the internet and reading about this, you'll save yourself an awful lot of time and hassle in the future. And anyone who says, well, it's not important is taking quite a big risk. Now maybe your business is doing brilliantly and you don't need to worry, but these are gonna be important tools in the future of business and I would rather get going now understand them and get a bit of a lead from them, then suddenly find I'm losing business to competitors who are using the tools in just much smarter ways than me and have invested that hour to understand what it's all about and then created some sort of internal project to get going with it quickly.
1: Mm-hmm. Great. Well, those are great tips. And I want to thank you very much for being with us today. And um, it was really interesting. And if anybody has a chance on, on seeing Rohit and one of his... Used, you know one of his live presentations. Uh, you're absolutely fantastic. You did a great job for the search and uh, search and information industry last March and I thank you again for that presentation that you did with us. And at, at that, I'd like to just remind our listeners that we're listening to Rohit Talva, CEO of Fast Future Research. He's a digital expert, speaker, and author. And if you have questions for him, you can definitely reach out to him at rawhead at fastfuture dot com, or you can look him up on LinkedIn at Talva. That's T A L V A R and rawhead. W-A-R. Sorry. Oh, i I'm sorry, I'm sorry, W R. okay, W R. oh my gosh, okay, you know what, I, I was uh, thinking in German when I said that, so, so W-A-R, T-A-L-W-A-R, okay, and um, at Fast Future, and please go to his website and get on his mailing list, because his insights are absolutely fantastic, and the website is FastFuturePublishing.com. Well, Rohit, thank you so much for being with us today, it was a really a pleasure.
2: My pleasure. Okay,
1: so as we end this episode, I think uh, the takeaway is the of what we heard today is get on top of it, regardless if you're a leader in a small business or an enterprise business, because this is the future and it's coming at us very, very quickly. Uh, I was just recently on a cruise ship, and based on the nationalities on the ship, they were able to order food and decide what people were going to drink and eat, and that was the predictive behavior based on nationalities, and they were using AI. And I love thinking about what AI can do. But on the other side, you know, we have to be a little bit careful, and we have to be honest with our employees and let them know what's coming. But I always seem to find myself... Looking up and looking at industries and trying to find out what AI and use it in your personal life. That's a great way to get acquainted with things. Um, You know, we know uh, about Alexis and we know uh, about Uber and all those things. There's some kind of AI behind everything we do. But the in the future, we're going to have to adjust. uh, adjust. We can't bury our heads. And if you are a leader, you need to learn to love technology and change because that's what it's going to be all about. So I am Kimberly Lewis, your host on Leadership Beyond Borders, the Voice America's business uh, new biz- new show on the business station, and we've been talking about AI. If you want to contact us, please contact us at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com or me at leadershipbeyondborders.net or Leadership Beyond Borders on LinkedIn or I on Facebook. So until next week, I would like to say that my leadership word for today is future, and for is it's his vast future. Thank you again.
0: Thank you for joining us on Leadership Beyond Borders. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time for another edition featuring your host, Kimberly J. Lewis, on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.